everybody, and welcome to a royal wild ride with Steve-O. It doesn't get more Hollywood royalty than William Shatner. Are you kidding me? He's been in the entertainment business for 80 years. He's 92 years old. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. And if you think that this tour bus that I'm traveling around the UK on right now is futuristic, wait till you get a load of William Shatner's burial plans for himself. Yeah, dude. Very forward thinking, very candid. And man, I, I just wasn't prepared for how emotional I was going to get thinking about my own dad being as old as he is, talking to William Shatner and just, it's epic. And this guy is fascinated with my career. William Shatner's take on Jackass is absolutely hysterical you guys are gonna love this one because i loved it way more than i ever thought i could so let's get into it just watch yeah, your head right bro. here yeah be hey. careful hey. watch your head watch my head yeah okay i've got i wash my head where am i sitting you're gonna sit right hello, here hello sweetheart hello do you Hello, have Wendy. a color preference to set the light to? How are you, man? I'm doing great, it's man. Great to see, to see you. you, man. Likewise. Thank you. Man, what a what an honor. What a car. Yeah, huh? Okay, so a... twist this to me. Yeah, We're, that's and that's a camera there. Yeah, do you have a, a color rate? Uh, a color of a preference? Yeah. Uh, blood. Blood? Ooh. Yeah. Right here, boom. You, you know the color of blood? <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> and we shouldn't get hot because we've got this fancy new air conditioner. Oh, fantastic. A whole tube, a whole yeah. thing. Um, all right, so let's not waste anybody's time. Uh, apologies for being a little late. Um, Would you like we'll, a water? No, I'm good. We'll dive right in. Yeah. Okay. Got nice feet. <laughs> well, thank you. No, you do. <laughs> You're not, you don't have water swelling. Yeah, that's, uh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Do you have swelling? Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, William Shatner. Yeah, it's me, right here in a truck. But you can call him Bill. That's the title <laughs> <laughs> of the documentary that we are uh, we had a great success with at uh, a big film festival called South by Southwest, and it's a lovely film, and it's called uh, You Can Call Me Bill, and the 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 problem which i know you will face from time to time is a documentary is made about you it's like a, a biographical film now you got to go out and sell it like you know, so let me talk to you about me yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, an anathema to me i i can't stand it but uh i have to so yes uh you can call me bill is a wonderful film yeah and and where can people find it uh there's a rock <laughs> under um, it's in the process of being uh, put into other festivals okay uh, good. and uh, people are bidding on buying it okay so good. where it is and how to see it i don't know exactly yet so where but keep that in mind uh, uh, in addition to that uh, there's a documentary of a performance i gave at kennedy center that's becoming a documentary about it the performance and the, the performance itself and things that led up to the performance and an album based on the same performance probably called something like um, 
uh, live at Kennedy Center. You know, okay, so, yeah. and is that the album which will feature the track, I Want to Be a Tree? That's correct. <laughs> that, that This is the most fascinating thing. We, we, we are brethren, okay? You and I? Yeah, and, I, and I'll tell you, I think for what, 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 where, what is our relationship? Okay, I think we've got many things in common which make us very, very entangled. And one <laughs> See, of them... See, that, that word, entangled, is a very oh, yeah, yeah, precise... Maybe no, no, it's a good word. Oh, is it okay? Good. Yeah, no, no, that's a word that nature, all of us are in, entangled. Interwoven. Interwoven, yes. Right. Um, okay, I feel so strongly... And I've made this public, I've posted videos about it, that cemeteries drive me absolutely insane because it's, it's a cycle of life. So we're, we're only temporarily borrowing this physical matter, this, this condensed energy, for, for a very brief period of time. And at the end of this physical body, for us to be so vain. Uh, uh, is it audacious, vain, just ob the hubris. obnoxious to take a plot of land to permanently and, occupy? And, and usually the most valuable land because you got to dig deep. So you're getting through soft, porous earth yeah, that's fertile soil. fertile soil and occupying. And it's diminishing uh, because people are dying. People don't stop dying. Right. Right, you know the saying, um, an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. <laughs> well, I submit that, that cemeteries make the whole world a cemetery. <laughs> I was listening to a guy, that's right. Uh, uh, you, you cease to exist. I was listening to a guy last night being funny about somebody who committed suicide. And he used the phrase, they, he, they chose to take their own life. And I thought, yeah, you could choose. That's your life. Yeah. You could choose the way you want to go and do and be. You choose, uh, uh, usually, somebody chooses your education for you, but, but, but you, ch you choose to do what you want in life, what you can and do. And, I mean, your life is your own. It's your own property. Right. So you can choose uh, <coughs> how you wish to end your life, uh, how you want to go out uh, with pain and and remorse uh, in a bed, or violently, or uh, giving your life to a cause. It's yours to choose, isn't it? Steve and I had a conversation that we're both gonna commit suicide by dying of old age. <laughs> I know, and, oh. and I'm in the throes. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm, I'm working on being better with my conversational etiquette, but I have to interject here because I rudely forgot to introduce my co-host. Hi, I'm Scott, by the way. Scott Randolph and Skinny Vinny up in the front. That's great. Are you all on camera? We are. Yeah, yeah. Every, oh, everybody's great. got camera. Wonderful. Then, uh, yeah. It's all inclusive. I get carried away. I get so excited that I forget to introduce well, that's, my... Well, that's good. And you, and, and you follow through and you've introduced everybody. Just... So it was like a like an orchestra, uh, yeah. the, the uh, beginning of a musical. Right. Yeah. So, so just quickly back to the burials. Yeah. The idea that you are taking a plot of land selfishly, permanently, forever rendering it useless for feeding people, for housing people, for any kind of helpful, productive thing. And on top of that, once you have your body buried there, you've now made it creepy. 
No, yeah. So, <laughs> so if you believe in a soul and life after death, doesn't interfere with that belief. Correct. You are you, your body, like every other body that dies, is taken over by fungi, and yeah. you know the nature reclaims you no matter what you do. So why not reclaim? A, a, make that have a, a voice in your reclamation. And I chose a, a tree, and uh, and I wanted a sequoia. Yeah. Oh, you could choose the tree. Well, uh, well, you you could specify. Hey, of course. You know, uh, put a, a potted palm on my on my burial site, or a sequoia. But uh, you need a certain al altitude. You got to yeah. be at the, a certain. The General uh, Sherman up uh, Yosemite. Yeah, exactly. You got to be like four thousand, five thousand. Mm -hmm. uh, so a redwood. Okay. California Red. Now, how do wow. you go about doing this? Are there specific companies? I'm glad that, you asked well, that. Well, you, you would, uh, yes, there are specific companies. And I haven't, uh, I'm leaving it to the people who will see me go mm -hmm. to follow through since they read your will. Yeah. And they and they got to buy a tombstone and find a plot of land and get somebody <laughs> to speak. All, you don't have to do any of that. Just tell your loved ones. Cremate me because I you have to. I'm not put sure the, that you do. Put the good the, put the goodness in place where the tree is going to grow and plant a tree. There's no law saying you have to have a tombstone. Do you I, have to buy that piece of property where the tree is yeah, going to be planted? Well, I, I would think. Yeah. Although there are uh, organizations that have uh, forests, uh, so you plant a tree in a forest. Yeah. Uh, I I have I'm a member I've become uh, part of a company that is called Storyfile and Storyfile records you with 18 cameras and, and, uh, and 3D a computer records your voice and the technology is that you can play this tape of you by pressing a button and and anybody can ask the image of you a question and the technology if you've been interviewed long enough will answer the question so imagine Whoa. some grandchild or some great great what the william chat gbt what <laughs> you ever heard of chat gpt yeah, exactly. Yeah. William Shat GPT. Well, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> but it would be along those lines. Yeah. But the technology allows you to ask the image a question. Mm. So they foresee that being in a booth. Uh, imagine if some of the greats, uh, like Beethoven and Einstein, and you were able to say, oh, just, uh, what's the Mr. secret Einstein, What were you thinking when you did X, Y, and Z? And he says, well, I did that too. I would fear that... For example, uh, Bob Marley, the le yes. legend of music. Yes. Now that's a strange name to pick for the well, example you're going to. Well, <laughs> because Bob Marley's music has gone on after he's passed to be sampled and and made into all of this aggressive techno electronic ah. bomb 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 music. Oh, I see what you and, mean. And and I just I, my my gut tells me that if Bob Marley 
were to be made aware of the ways in which his music has been sampled and repurposed, that he would be deeply offended. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, but he, he smoked a lot of dope, right? <laughs> he did. <laughs> so, 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 you know, hey, Bob, you know, they're going bang, bang, bang on your music. It goes ordinary, zoom, zoom, zoom. Like, yeah, man. Bam, bam, bam is not good. Uh, zoom, zoom, zoom is better. I mean, I, I'm just saying, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he wouldn't be offended at all. And maybe it's perfectly fine because it's his estate which licenses the music, so it's all in, in order. But I make that example because I wonder if, if, if this, it sounds like artificial intelligence that you're describing to answer the questions, is going to end up putting words into your mouth. Well, which, hang on. That's too... Uh, pieces of technology that are separating. One is, I spent five days in front of a camera. Okay. Okay. Uh, and the technology is such that you pay for the length of time you wish to be interviewed. You could spend the morning at X number of dollars, or spend, you've got a lot of money, spend five days in front of a camera and reveal your whole life for your, for your, uh, the people that come after you. Okay. Uh, so it can only take from that library. You'll take from that library, okay. whereas the uh, so, whereas the artificial right. intelligence mm -hmm. making things up is right. not what you said. Right. Okay. Good. Okay. So that, there's a difference there, and a very serious uh, difference because, as we all know, there are machines that can make you sound like somebody else, mm -hmm. right. or have you sound like yourself saying things you never said. Right. And now we're almost at the point uh, where your image is. Uh, you, you can't tell the difference between mm -hmm. what is n not you and you. And so, as we all know, the potential of an image of somebody important saying something right. of importance that that person never said or did or uh, we're at war, you know, the terrible things are happening. So that's something that we all need to deal with. Right. This other thing is you uh, leaving a testimonial. Right, okay. uh, not unlike a lot of a um, lot of people leave a picture on the tombstone of them uh, right. of the dead person. Right. Well, this is like leaving a moving picture okay. because what, wouldn't it be wonderful to go to where your tree is, or if you're mm -hmm. uh, uh, if you're traditional Give words of wisdom? Uh, well, whatever words of. Uh, wasn't he stupid? He was such a. I knew he was stupid. Look at what he said there. You know, so uh, the truth would, would reveal itself. The truth will reveal itself, and even if I don't like the truth, I want to know it. And that is why I wear a whoop band. Now, according to my whoop band, I did not sleep very well last night. I'm working on 11% recovery. And that's just a bummer, but it makes sense because it was my first night on a new tour bus here in the UK. But you know what? It tells me what to do about that. It says that I'm overreaching today because, uh, you know, I'm not recovered to perform tomorrow. I got to get to bed earlier. I need more sleep than usual because of my higher sleep debt and strain. See, that's important stuff to know. That's the truth about what I need to be doing. And my health monitor, man, heart rate variability is low. I never get that. And I know because I've got multiple whoop groups 
my buddies, I've always got the highest HRV in the group. But sadly, not today. At least I know that, though. And you can know all kinds of stuff about what's going on with you if you get a Whoop Band 2. Plus, if you go to Whoop.com, that's W-H-O-O-P.com, and use the promo code Stevo, you're going to get 10% off at checkout. And a Whoop membership is just crucial, man. It's the most sophisticated fitness tracking device known to man. You're going to know about how many calories you're burning, keeping track of all your activities, how oxygenated your blood is. It goes on and on and on and on, and you go to whoop.com to get it with the promo code Stevo. Now let's get back to it. But it's, it's like allowing yourself to live a little bit longer. Right. That was my whole obsession with the video camera was that it, that the videos of me would outlive me. Well, what, what, what was wrong with that? Nothing was wrong with that. I love it. Because, uh, a certain number of your films will live long after you. Yeah. Are, are you happy with that? Do you, do you want the, your films? Because you, you, you made films of a particular style. Yeah. Do you want them to, well said. To, to live long after you? Yes. Here's, here's what my father did. Yes. Um, the uh, I actually had somebody ask me a question last night. I think they were, it was an interviewer. I think they were kind of trying to get me, you know, to, to, to rib me a little bit. They said, is stapling your ball sack to your leg something that you consider wholesome? Did you do that? Uh, yeah, I did. Oh, my God. With a, with a, More than a, once. a staple gun. Are you serious? Nightly. Did that? Did that? <laughs> Did that lengthen? Did that pull on the muscles? I don't think it lengthened it. And, and the context. Did it tighten it? <laughs> the context so in which. You gotta staple that again. Oh my god! I had just been saying that I feel our jackass movies have a wholesome quality because the spirit of it is positive and designed to. Wait a minute. <laughs> The, the Jackass movies were positive, yeah, and 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 memorable. They were, they were, incredible testimonials to what the human body can stand and what the mind can do to overrule the natural inclination for self-preservation. Right, that's true, <clears throat> and <clears throat> that to the extent that what we did is. Self-destructive, reckless, yeah. dangerous. Yeah, yeah. I would use all those words. Yeah, we are all uh, attention whores and very uh, eager for the attention and yeah. and and uh, very very uh, willing participants okay. in what's going on, which makes it permissible to enjoy watching it because we want all of this stuff to be happening. No, no, that's so permissible much. from your point of view. From the observer's point of view, they're going, oh. Can you say shit on this? Yeah. Sure. Holy shit! <laughs> he stapled his balls to his leg. Yeah. What's he? How's he gonna run? Oh my god, he's running. <laughs> you know? Yeah. How's he gonna? How's he gonna fuck? Oh my god, he's fucking. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I, my answer to this guy, I said, well, um, the human experience is uh, is is really a a catch-22 situation we have one instinct which is to survive yes and one guarantee which is we won't survive so we're starting out in a jam 
and as we barrel towards this inevitable Collision. imminent demise yeah. <clears throat> our bodies wilt and <laughs> deteriorate so it, even if you have a great life it's gonna suck at some point. Luckily for you, Bill, you've made it 92 years and you're still doing great, which is unbelievable. I have stapled my balls to my life. Yeah. That's right. the secret to a long but life. I said, that's if you have a great life. But a lot of people- Yeah, but you know, you know, those are relative terms. What's a great life? I mean, look, I love dogs. I have two, I've had dogs all my life usually two, to keep one, one to keep the other company. And they're with me like, look at this guy's <laughs> hind end is drooped over, but he's so ecstatic. This is a girl, the, Wendy. So Wendy is so ecstatic to be by your side. She's got yeah. a hip rotation there that's gotta be, you know, that yeah. muscle's gotta be sore. She's like, no, I'm not gonna move. Cause if I move, uh, he'll move his arm around. It, I, 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 I love, what, where am I going with that? With animals. Uh, so what's a great life? Is a great life like God? I had, I had this great dog. I suffered through her death because they, right. they're ten, ten, twelve right. years. She's I gonna, know. you know, she's older now. She got four, four or five more years. Oh. Really, that's why you get a tortoise. They last a hundred years. hundred years. <laughs> I, I'm with you. So, the, so now, I've had. A dec decades of dogs' lives. I have lives that I cherish. That's a great life. My part of my life has been with my animals. Sure, that's a great life. Right. It could have been under a tree in in total poverty. Guy living in a under the a drawbridge uh, with a plastic tent has his love, whether yeah. it's his lady or his guy or. Or his dog. For sure. Isn't that a great life? For sure. So what's a great life? It mm -hmm. is a subjective question. I agree. Peace of mind. But what, oh. I, what I told this interviewer last night was that a lot of people don't like their job. They might have health problems that are giving them considerable stress. They're maybe not happy in their marriage. And any of those people with any of those problems I submit to you that when they're confronted with video footage of me stapling my balls to my leg, they are not thinking about their problems, and as such, I have made their problems go away, albeit temporarily. I agree with all of that. And for that, I consider stapling my balls to be noble, and I have dubbed myself I've a nobleman. A nobleman. <laughs> Scholar. And, and, and the, 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 the profession <laughs> of right. coin. So I had one experience <laughs> with. Uh, Johnny uh, Knoxville. Knoxville. Okay. So I'm sitting on a dais with uh, um, uh, Mike. Uh, oh, that it wasn't Knoxville. It was me when I ran into Mike Tyson's it fist. You, it was you. I broke my nose on <laughs> okay. Mike Tyson's okay. fist right I'm in front of you. I'm going to describe to you something <laughs> that that uh, Mike uh, Tyson and I looked at each other like I can't believe. So you're sitting on one side of Mike. I'm sitting on the other side of Mike, and we're, it was a, a, a roast of some kind. And, and I, I believe you were in on the conversation. We're talking about all kinds of the religion and what he's doing and, and the boxing. And, and it was great. I had a great time on the dais with him talking. Now it's over. <laughs> Thank you very much. Johnny says to... I said to, to, to Mike. To Mike, hold your I, fist out. Yeah. 
places. What? Hold your fist out. You mean like this? And he puts his fist out. And he goes across the stage and runs <laughs> into his fist. Yeah. So we both look at each other. What is going on? And he says, oh, it didn't work. Let's do it again. And Mike says, what? <laughs> Run into your fist again? Yeah, I you dove did across. I, I, oh, I did it many times. And I, and I, <laughs> I dove. It, I dove into it. When it was bleeding, he said, ah, okay. Got it. Got yeah. it. Oh, my nose was you like the break. my nose was all the way over here. It was so badly broken. And you're on Why camera. Why did you do that? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember what you said afterwards? You're on camera. It's so funny. Uh, like no. What did I you, say? You, you look. You go, Steve-O, What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. Steve-O, What the fuck? But <laughs> Steve-O, What the fuck is what everybody says. Steve-O. is a normal response to that. Yeah. What the fuck? Right. Because you. There, there, there's a, a chip missing. <laughs> or, more kindly, you've got an additional chip. Okay? okay. You and your crew. But some of the crew have l only half that chip. Because they go, oh, jeez, you mean I get, you want me to throw myself on the cactus? Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, like, I'm going to be reluctant to do this. Steve does it three or four times. Right, he does it three or four times. The other, guy, the other guys, there's more than one that go, Oh God, it's gonna hurt like hell, and then you got to take tweezers and pluck all the mm -hmm. things. That's crazy, man. It, it it is, and once again, when people what is it? Tell it, me what that is. I, that is um, the highest level of attention seeking, and and it's not that I wow, have. Wow, you said that more than once. You really mean it? Yeah. But you're so bright, and, you know, you're good looking, you've got great feet. <laughs> no you could swelling. Do, you, could be, you could be foot commercials. I don't know about that. I'm, I. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I uh, you know, I, my, my, my desire for attention outweighs wow. my need for comfort. Wow. And, um, and, and again, I. I uh, Quickly. I, where does that come from? Uh, well, you don't have to be Sigmund Freud to imagine <laughs> that a lack of uh, attention and supervision from my parents, uh, plus growing up in five different countries where I was always the new kid in school. And always looking for attention. Yeah. And you got attention by saying, hit me. Not hit me. Like uh, at one point I unscrewed a salt shaker and consumed all the salt in it to try to impress uh, my classmates. Nobody did, you was blow, a... did you blow up the next day? Was the water retention? <laughs> I, I've, I've, went, I've learned since then that yeah. that was a particularly bad idea. So no. the next day. Well, a lot of those ideas are not particularly good for your right. longevity. Right. The fact that we, you and I are sitting here now is like, uh, it's you know, I was looking forward to it, to, uh, talk to, to talk to you about it because it's so unusual. It's, you know, it probably could be likened to the tradition of monks piercing their sure. nose and their ears and, and uh, putting uh, uh, needles through them. And, and I think what they were after was their ability to control their mind so that the pain wasn't overwhelming.
do, is that what you're doing at Wait, some point? You had the guy come over your house one day and stick the needle through your hand, right? Didn't you? Right. Did you actually stick that through your hand? Yeah, that. What's was, the secret? Or was it that? a trick? There, there's, there's was no, it a special effects? That that one, you just actually put a needle through your hand, and, and did it hurt? And then you call it magic. <laughs> <laughs> but then, did it hurt? It hurt a little bit, yeah. But it hurt a little bit. <laughs> so wait a minute, does pain tolerance come into this? Again, it's uh, I'd like. If I had uh, an extraordinary tolerance for pain, um, then there would be no reaction to to uh, the the experience of the pain. And what makes the the Jackass movies and a lot of the things that I do is the reaction. So so feeling the pain is really uh, integral to the art. And but the expression of the feeling of the pain is also there, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you could scream and faint. That wouldn't be as theatrical as saying, oh my God, this hurts, I can't tell you. I'm gonna tell you how much it hurts. There's a fire burning into my head. I, I, I can't move my fingers. Screaming and fainting is also high, highly entertaining, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but it's momentary, the mother faint, he's right. dead. You know, he ceases to to entertain you. Right. So you gotta stay, yeah. stay conscious to be really entertaining. He expressed himself pretty well when he had the beehive on his dick. <laughs> He did he? Yeah, yeah. So they, they, they actually strapped the queen bee to my wiener. <laughs> so the, whole, the whole colony just got on my no, wiener. No, come on, yeah. I missed that one. Yeah, that was What happened? Our, uh, I, I got stung about 12 times. And did it I make did. your wiener bigger? Uh, it didn't. Um, I actually, mean, my, wiener, a... my wiener got away with it. it was, I, I took one on the balls. 12 times? Yeah, I got it just all over my so body. So would you swell up? No, I, I, I appear to be not allergic to bees. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> if nothing happened, then it was like a sweet reminiscence. It, it was, it was, it was, uh, pricks. it was what we call a trailer moment. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Right. But, but did they fuzz over your wiener? So, so uh, not because it was an R-rated movie. Oh, no, so, I see. That we're so right. we were able but to if show. it were shown on television, which they are, yeah. you'd have to fuzz out they will, the yeah. very... Excitement, I mean, that's the excitement. Did you get an erection? Believe it or not, having thousands of bees on my wiener did not arouse me. But my lady does arouse me. And when I take a Bluetooth tablet, man, my lady extra arouses me. Why? Because Bluetooth tablets have the same active ingredient as both Viagra and Cialis, except they only cost a fraction of the price. And I can assure you, they are a very good time. If you've ever been thinking about trying a Bluetooth tablet to learn for yourself that it's a very good time, then man, are you in luck because the listeners with the Wild Ride Podcasts can get an entire month's supply of Bluetooth tablets absolutely for free. You only pay five bucks for shipping. That is if you go to bluechew.com, use the promo code Stevo, quickly consult with the medical provider online. I mean, a couple minutes, and these Bluetooth tablets are on their way to you. An entire month's supply for free. All you pay is five bucks for shipping. And again, that is if you go to bluechew.com and use the promo code Stevo. Now let's get back to it. 
I did not. I did not get an erection. Did it shrink? But I, I looked pretty good at the moment. You know, for, you know, like. Did you, how, did you try and get it up? I didn't try to get it up, but uh, I, I was pretty happy with where I was in my flaccid state, as far as not being too contracted. Yeah, you think with like the blood flow going there, you'd get an erection. Well, you must have had a good lawyer to have a, 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 not, uh, <laughs> it, it, a good, it, it, a good non-contact. I do not disclose. It was a, it was an, it was a, a nice warm day. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, one more question, or sure. another question. Do you anticipate it? Do you like, oh, there's going to be a bee on my wiener. That's going to be, well, there were that's exciting. Closer I to thousands. <laughs> I got to give the person who thought of that a bonus. Yeah, Clo closer to thousands of bees. I found out that it was happening after I arrived on the set that day. The actual bit had not yet been assigned to anybody. And when I heard about it, I said, oh, that's all me. Let me get that one. Did anybody fight you on it? Nobody fought me on it. <laughs> Everybody, uh, Everybody just let me have it. So, so that's a really interesting dynamic. motivation, dynamic oh. of attention. People talked about that for sure. months. Yeah, that one is. Uh, um, I mean, you know, we're both authors. I wrote a book about this. Uh, well, I wrote a book in which I discussed this idea of attention and, and how uh, I, I, I was seeking immortality with, uh, with, with the permanence of the documentation huh. of the video camera. And, and I really broke it down, but, but like, how, how immortal are we talking? I mean, like, to, to, to give context, um, how many people who lived 300 years ago are we aware of today? How about, how about, I, I, I think it's like a year, but how about five years ago? How about <laughs> personalities on film or heroes in wars and things like that? Eddie Murphy, uh, Eddie, uh, Audi, Mur uh, Audi, Mur Audi Murphy, Audi Murphy. Oh, is he the one that the uh, World War II. Uh, he's got the movie all out. the Marine Germans and he got the Medal of Honor <clears throat> and he got into Western movies. And, I can't even. Yeah, I'm, I'm messing his name up. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think is it Oppenheimer? And there's a movie coming out about him. What, no. the Oppenheimer bomb? Oh, Oppenheimer. Hey, I don't know. No, the Oppenheimer Obviously, this was person's the not lead, that memorable. <laughs> Oppenheimer <laughs> was the lead scientist in making uh, one of the lead scientists in making the atomic bomb. I think we're proving the point that <laughs> that that how ephemeral. Yeah. Fame is. That's the point. Right. Right. Fleeting and, and temporary. Uh, the great World War, uh, the, the Civil War generals, their statues are being torn down. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, no matter how much metal you put into a, 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 a statue remembering you, it's eventually melted down and made into bullets or something. You know? Right. So, so what, what is permanent? A star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, <laughs> or a tree. I, I, I mean, I don't. Five hundred years for a tree. Right? I think the answer is nothing is permanent, and so you get down to the basic question of like what, like what's it all about? I you think know? I think I know something that is more permanent than what we're talking about. That is good deeds. Yeah, right. You do something for somebody that reverberates, and and that person passes it on, and it just continues to 
Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I, I want to close the loop on, on the tree thing because as I understand it, there are companies that that will uh, sell, arrange. In Seattle. Uh, it, 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 oh, oh, I think in something, California. Something called a tree pod, which is egg-shaped. And I don't even think That's exactly that, right. Yeah, I don't even think that they that they uh, require cremation. I think they actually fit your body. I think, there's, body a, I think in, there's a law about your body. I'm not quite sure of it, but I think they don't allow the body itself to be put into the ground without because like hazardous waste materials or something. That's exactly maybe. right. So maybe they gotta. But but if that's the but case. But if your ashes, it's different. Yeah, if, if that's the case or not, but they will actually assign you to a tree. Yes. Like yes. Uh, no, there are companies that will do the that. actual tree. Yeah. Absolutely. There, are, I know there are companies that will do that, and I think there's at least one, if not more, in California. But I'm sure that as this thought becomes more popular, because I grasped it from something I read, and I thought that's the way I want to go. Yeah. Uh, and if you do story file and have a little camera on your tree somebody come up and ask you know hey whose tree is it that's mm -hmm. my tree get the hell out <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think you kind of screw it up by putting cameras and screens on probably the tree. <laughs> probably yeah but you can also like take the ashes and make it into a diamond and diamonds are forever uh, I never not, heard of that. Uh, diamonds are not according carbon. to James Bond, right? Well, yeah, <laughs> and, and Ric Flair. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know about that, but um, is is this song is your song "I Want to Be a Tree" available yet? My song "I Want to Be a Tree" I did uh, with uh, Ben Folds on the piano. Okay. Uh, at uh, a concert I gave at Kennedy Center, and it'll be out. Uh, it's being uh, edited right now, and it'll be uh, available shortly, and it'll probably be call, called, entitled something like Live at Ken Shatner Live okay. at Kennedy. I'm so eagerly anticipating It's this so thing. much like, fun. I, I feel so strongly about that. Robert, that I Robert Cherno wrote the lyrics. I, we, uh, we, we have a team. Uh, Robert Cherno writes the words. I... I'm sort of the idea guy and editor, and Dan Miller of They Might Be Giants uh, is our musical guy. So the three of us have been writing songs. We have an album out there called Bill, out there right now, which is glorious. It's got great, incredible, breathtaking reviews. Is I love one of the it. words, yeah. And then this next album and this uh, and this documentary uh, uh, live at Kennedy Center will be all the songs the three of us wrote. And, and how long have you been making music? When I was shooting Star Trek, uh, a, a well-known uh, label came up to me and said, would you like to make an album? Oh, yeah, I'd like to make an album. Oh, sure. And so I had an, I, I had an idea. Uh, the idea was uh, to use traditional uh, great pieces of literature, to be or not to be, for example. Was that signs of something? No. Okay. To be or not to be, uh, as a as a example, and I recorded music, new music, uh, original music written to to be or not to be. Hamlet's soliloquy segued into the song. At the time, was very popular. It was a very good year, uh, 
and it's a song about the how this older guys really pause at the age of 24 I did this the age of 30 I was doing this. and it was a very positive life so the two segments belong to each other one I'm going to commit suicide to be or not be I don't know that I'm going to and the other is I've had a great life and music segued into one it was a, a six minute cut and when I went to do it uh, uh, one of those cuts on the Johnny Carson show uh, the producer came up to me and said uh, six minutes you can only do three do you want to do the literature or do you want to do the song I said well I'll, I'll do the song so the song was uh, if I remember correctly was uh, Mr. Tambourine Man a drug song and the literature was uh, something by Cyrano de Ber a speech by Cyrano de uh, given by character Cyrano de Bergerac uh, I'm, I may climb to no great heights but I will climb alone I don't need any help. Okay. Segways into a drug song. I need help. A drug song. Yeah. So, so I thought that was really cool. <laughs> so now I can only do one. <clears throat> Which one do you want to do? I, don't know, I better do the song. Now I'm on the song. So now you're in, on Tonight Show. Big druggie. Big druggie. I'm a druggie. <laughs> you know, what the hell's that? And everybody laughed it off. And, it's, and, and the thing sank. On t the records, uh, the album sank until uh, Ben Folds discovered it uh, in a garage sale. We laugh about it, and he and I got together and we made a great album called Has Been, and when, that's when, been when a, did, a, a lauded album. When did Ben discover it at the garage sale? About twenty years later. Okay, wow, that's hmm. great. Um, the uh, I feel like before I talk about the um, how much it means to me that uh, that you're 92 and it's just so sharp so like able able-bodied it's my dad is 80 and uh, the idea of dad deteriorating yeah. mentally or physically is just the most uh, it's it's a, it's a, a crippling fear that I well have. of course it is you see your dad as a young man as a, a youngster your dad's all powerful and all loving, and he's everything. He's your he's your world, and then you be you get older and see him more as a man, and the man himself is beginning to suffer the ravages of time, and the mind goes, and the body goes, and suddenly he's no longer fielding a, a kickoff and running the length of the football field. He's saying, "Oh, you do it. I'll watch and I'll clap." And the cycle of life is totally natural. But you know what's not natural is all this darn plastic in the ocean. In fact, it's destroying the earth, man. And that's why I drink liquid death from infinitely recyclable aluminum cans that totally look like beers, except it's just water, dude. And man, this company just gets better and better. Not only are they saving the world, they're hilarious. They took all of the most hateful comments on their social media page, like people calling them devil worshipers and all this ridiculous stuff, and they made an album out of these hateful comments. It's called Liquid Death's Greatest Hates, Volume 3. And, dude, I love it. I love it. And, man, you can get 20% off your first order of the 
amazing Liquid Death apparel. All that stuff's hilarious, too. If you go to liquiddeath.com slash Stevo. Plus, this company is growing and growing. They started out just sparkling water and still water. Then all these flavors of flavored sparkling water. Now, all of these hilarious teas. The Armless Palmer? Come on. This is the greatest company ever. So represent them. Go to liquiddeath.com slash Devo for 20% off your first order of Liquid Death apparel and find all the drinks on the website as well as on Amazon plus at your local retailers. This company is growing, 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 and that is what we want. So rep Liquid Death and let's get back to it. And, uh, and you're seeing what life is all about. The, the, the deterioration of of your body and uh, many times your mind uh, i mean i'd like to think that old age adds wisdom but i'm here to tell you it doesn't <laughs> no i mean you're just as much of an idiot at uh, 90 than you are at 20. i'll push back on that Please. i think that that when you learn from your mistakes and make the appropriate adjustments to your lifestyle that 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 in All right. itself is wisdom. So that that uh, is uh, uh, takes into account that you have the intelligence and the perception and the uh, resources to correct a mistake. Oh, geez, I made a mistake. I better not do that again. As against most people say, oh, I don't know why that happened. The car hit me. I don't know. Damn. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And it, uh, what? What? I, how many people say, no, I, I didn't make a mistake. Right. That's true. Yeah. And I think that the, the three of us are very lucky to be sober alcoholics slash drug addicts. And Were you? Yeah, all, all of us. He's been. See, I, I never did that. Yeah. Yeah. Vinny's been clean and sober for five years. Scott's been clean and sober for ten years, and I've been clean and sober for fifteen years. That's fantastic. Were you doing this uh, when you weren't clean and oh, sober? Oh yeah, big time. So did the drugs help? <clears throat> uh, 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 say, uh, allay the the pain. There, there were some things that wouldn't have happened were it not for uh, acute intoxication. Mm-hmm. Um, those things were not uh, part of the Jackass uh, franchise because, um, like, to appear on camera acutely intoxicated would not have been the spirit of Jackass. We would. Oh, how wonderful, man! That's... It was okay. It was okay to finish up a bit and say, "Now let's go to the bar." Yeah. And it was okay to to be hungover and even acknowledge that you're hungover in a bit. Right. But it was never okay to be uh, really intoxicated. It diffused the purity of what you. Yeah. It, what it, your ambition it, was. It, for it, it undermined the wholesome nature yeah, of it. Yeah. <laughs> so you're telling me, Jackass number two, you weren't. Super uh, intoxicated in a lot of those bits. Uh, Jackass number one, I was, yeah, maybe that le- applied a little bit less than Jackass number one. Okay. Jackass yeah. number two, I don't think I was. To, well, wait, but but uh, do you mind continuing on this theme of you? I, I, of I don't mind a bit. The the attention grabbing. Look how much pain I can take. Concept didn't include. I'm going to get a lot of attention to begin with. But then when you saw how the movies and, and, the, and the TV show became so popular, people were like, God, you got to watch this, you can't believe it. Then you began to get the attention you craved and 
you were able to rationalize, hey, I'm getting, I'm doing this, and it's salutary. I'm, I'm doing good here. I'm taking people's mental uh, and maybe even physical pain away from them momentarily while they watch mine. Yeah. That must have occurred to you at some point. Oh, right? absolutely. Not from the beginning, though. Mm. That wasn't the intention, but it turned that, out to be... That's where I was going. Like the uh, the intention... The modus uh, operandi. I, the, the eventual effect. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to be notable. I wanted to be uh, noticed. I wanted to be noted. I wanted to be remembered. And uh, and that was, you know, kind of... But when did you get it in your head that you, what you were doing was taking temporary re, uh, pain away from people? I think that came along a little a little later. See, I think it was a, a rationale later on. This is, Could be. You know... I mean, I'm doing it for my personal benefit, but look what's happening. Yeah. These people are coming up to me and saying, God, that was wonderful. You just, uh, for a moment, I forgot my problems and and saw yours. Yeah. Yeah. There are people who who do say, you got, Jack has got me through some tough times. There there are people who uh, were serving overseas in the military. They really helped us when we were deployed. Wow. You know, the stuff like that. And that's always meaningful. I, I love that. Huge. But the reason I brought up my dad, and thankfully, um, Dad's still sharp as a tack and, and very, very uh, able-bodied that's and good health. That's a weird uh, metaphor, isn't it? Sharp as a tack. Yeah, like... <laughs> yeah. Sharp as a tack, like you sit on the tack. Oh, shit. Yeah. Sharp as a cactus needle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sharp as a razor. Sharp as a scalpel. Uh, he, he's great. And, and um, my dad was a, a successful businessman. Uh, which is why I grew up in five different countries, and and uh, you know he worked as a uh, he was the president of Pepsi Cola in all of Brazil when I was six months old. No kidding. He went on to become a high-level big tobacco CEO. I'm sorry to hear that. And then he uh, became the president of Nabisco International. Now I'm happy. So he sold <laughs> s- soda, um, cigarettes, and cookies. <laughs> Making him the a biggest. mass murderer. Yeah. <laughs> a huge drug dealer. <laughs> was, he on the, was he on that panel in, in, uh, in front of uh, the government uh, saying no, no, tobacco's okay? Uh, he, our dad was very involved in the, with, with the lawyers and, uh, and, and how to nimbly get around uh, just continuing mass murder, <laughs> uh, for sure. Um, but, uh, but with that said, he really, really... Uh, was an, and he's an incredibly genius guy, and, and uh, he's, been, be. he's been retired for a long time. But um, my, the, the business component of my personal career has actually pulled my father out of retirement. And uh, I think that that's... And does he help you with the business? He's career? on my payroll. Oh, he's my He's on my payroll. He, he's, he's, the, he's basically my business manager at this point. He's, uh, he, he handles all my insurance stuff, all that's my tax wonderful. stuff. Yeah. And, and I really believe that... Um, that that there's it's like a muscle the the, the, yeah. enth- the enthusiasm for life yeah is is a muscle that you got to keep and I think that it's keeping my father uh, passionate it's it's keeping him it just it's keeping that fire lit and I think that's keeping him healthy and giving him longevity and I'm so well so- that's wonderful and and I agree with you and I have um, deliberately sought uh, companies that are uh, some of them are after me, some I went after, uh, that are futuristic. Um, 
I'm thinking of one uh, in which the company has invented a way of projecting your image very much like uh, beaming in. Okay. Now, it requires a receptacle like a telephone booth, but we can project your image into this uh, telephone booth, and it's three-dimensional. It's you talking to the, to the audience, and the audience talking to you, and you're there in the telephone booth. And if, if for all intents and purposes, you're there. You aren't. It's a projection. But it's 3D, and it looks exactly like it, and you're interacting. So this is a holograph. It's, it's a, ho a holograph. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and so that's a, a company I'm, I've become a, uh, a member of, and I'm going to do that very thing uh, at a company, a large company gathering in August. I'm going to beam in to a large meeting. Uh, and this is actually you, not AI, and not a pre-recorded thing. No, I'll be live. Although you can pre-record yourself right. and, and beam it, and so it's on film. This will not be. This will be live in an actual speech in front of four thousand people and interacting with uh, the, the master of ceremonies or whatever it is. Will you be able to see the people? Yes, there's a camera on the telephone booth pointing out and a microphone. And of course, they can see me. And it's like you're going to get stage fright, but you're not going to be in on a stage. Right. It's kind right. of a weird concept. <laughs> it, it's, it's really incredible, the technology. And, and to the, the point about um, the technology being capable of putting words in, in politicians' mouths during wartime, I'm shocked that there has not already been uh, catastrophic results of this, this technology. That's what, why you have the head of. One of the, I think it was Chatbox, uh, testifying in front of the government saying, we need regulation. Yeah. And I don't think regulation's going to do it because there's always some outlier who is going to use the technology to their benefit. Right. Yeah, you it's can have like a, a, a TV pop up or some Vladimir Putin on TV saying, I'm going to nuke the United States. And you couldn't tell the difference if it him or not. No, not I'm going to because he's already said it. They're on their way. They're the on their way. They're on their way. <laughs> I mean, goodbye, everybody. We're, we're safe in Russia. We're, we're live on YouTube right now. Oh, right. my God. It's Vladimir and, Putin's going to give a speech. And, and Biden says, my God, send the rockets the other way. And somebody's done that mischief and destroyed the world. It's crazy. Uh, it's, it's really, really it's really. We're scary. in the middle. We're in the center of a maelstrom. All of us. You guys more than I because I'm older. But there is this technological revolution going on and there's this global warming revolution going on and it's like these storms that are hitting uh, the east coast after one after the other there's this incredible change that's going on right now yeah. i mean think of it we're in a bloody truck parked on a street ready to to reach your audience several million i'm sure Otherwise, I wouldn't have been doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's bizarre. We're talking and looking and and all in a on a Ventura Boulevard. I mean, is it truck. crazy for you, because you were born in the 30s, like just to see how quickly this evolved? You know, it crept up. Uh, I, I did radio in, in Canada. I was a part of a... 
Canadian Broadcasting Corporation both out of Montreal where I was born, Toronto where I went to live and, and work. So there was a lot of radio and then TV came in and it was all cool. It was, you know, doing stage work, all part of it. Then it's, uh, the live television. I went to New York and I, suddenly I'm involved in live television and there's these huge cameras swooping in on you doing a close-up and, and uh, plays, great playwrights writing for television. Wow, that's great. And then films, started making films and then they, they started doing interesting close-up. Then the amount of light you needed began to lessen. Then you began to shoot film in candlelight. Candlelight! That whole film, I'm trying to remember who's it, did it in candlelight. Uh, well, you're saying because before, like, you couldn't film something in that low of light? <laughs> no, you needed 17 hot arc lights and 17 people standing by the arc, like, twisting the the carbon so they would always uh, be at, at that uh, light value. I mean, it was so much, so much technological stuff has taken place. And yet, the truth still remains, and that is tell an interesting story or get an interesting personality. You would have been great in, I guess not on radio because you need to see it, but in live television uh, 50 years ago, you'd have been just as great as you are now because what you do is unique, is attention gathering. <laughs> well, okay? uh, and those truths remain. So some of it slips by, the technolo technological stuff slips by and you got a dog sleeping on your lap and his eyes are half open and he's just enjoying it and that's forever how are the hollywood parties in the 50s and 60s you know different no i never went to, I ne i've never seen i have never seen drugs being used on the set in all the years there might have been guys sniffing and snorting and drinking back behind a set I never saw it. I never saw anybody. Maybe once uh, somebody was out of it, but I, I never went to a Hollywood party. I how, never. How I, come? I was too busy working. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, I, I'm not, that isn't me. Getting obliterated is not my personality. I, I um, was going to college at McGill University in Montreal, so. When I got to university, there'd be some kids saying, okay, we're going to get some of that alcohol from the lab and put it in a grapefruit juice and we'll drink it. Okay. And Shatner, taste the grapefruit juice to see if it's got enough alcohol in it. And I, I'd, about three times, I would be the taster. I would boom and I'd be out. And the next morning I'd get up and I'm sick of the world. The room's whirling and I'm thinking, why did I do that? About three times of that, negative reinforcement. Oh, that's no fun. <laughs> yeah. To be sick the next morning, let alone obliterated and unconscious the night before. Yeah. It was, it was, <clears throat> I, uh, your life goes out the window. Yeah. Y yes, I, it sure I'm, did. I'm, I'm speaking to the, <laughs> to the choir. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the, 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 you can call me Bill documentary. I heard you describe it as, uh, as, as a, a, for legacy. You say you've been a part of all these different things, all these different shows, and, and uh, but, but it was time to make something about you so that you could leave that behind, sort of as a message in a bottle type of thing. Yeah, in essence, 
that's what I really I, I, I realize that I'm doing. I'm working harder than I've ever worked for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, I mean, I don't know why I'm working so hard, except that I'm I'm doing it for my kids, putting the money aside for the kids. I mean, things are going to be tough. I trying to find ways of protecting them. Uh, I I don't need the money. I, you know, yeah. Got a car? You drive the car. You you know, go to a good meal. How much money do you need? Yeah. And I just, I just, it moves me so much the way you described making your documentary. And I um, am pursuing a, a project where I make a documentary about my dad and his career and my relationship with him and how it, how the What's the driving force? What's the through line? The through line, um, I, I, I just think it's the be- the beauty of our relationship. My um, my my dad's career, but I think people there's there's an awareness that my dad was a, a successful corporate executive, but uh, I think there's some. What what's dramatically interesting about that? Well, I thought it was interesting when you used. To- okay, okay, I'm glad you're asking this question. I think I've got an answer. Um, dad being uh, successful the way that he was had uh, ideas about what he wanted his son to become Um, you know it it was understood that I would go to university that I would get a diploma and that I would be successful in some kind of career and when I went to university I could not bring myself to go to class and I failed out I failed out as badly as you can and and next thing you know, I say, I say, Dad, I'm, I'm going to become a crazy, famous stuntman with a, with a video camera. And this was the worst news that my dad had ever heard. It was, it was just a bomb. And, and not just my dad. Everybody who I told this plan to felt sorry for me. It was pathetic. What a loser I was. And I wouldn't give up. I wouldn't give up. Um, before I had any success, my dad... And, and initiated a conversation with me. He said, son, I think I've done a disservice to you by not supporting you in this absurd career path that you've chosen, but I see that you're uh, committed to it, and, uh, and and I just want you to be the best, and he pledged to support me. And that put wind in my sails, and, 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 uh, and Dad and I have been a partnership. So you want then. to tell a love story? Yeah. Yeah, and, and the way that Dad struggled, I think that that would be the conflict, the way that Dad struggled with the direction I was going in. Do you in. have a problem <coughs> with the tobacco industry? Um, I smoked. No, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're supporting your father by smoking. <laughs> but I mean, there's a, there's a dichotomy, isn't there? Okay. What goodness your dad did and, and the, the tobacco industry, which was deliberately lying and harmful okay well I think that's what's fascinating is that like uh, you came from money but you didn't even you rejected it all I mean you even sat up front with the with your chauffeur yeah when he when he got dropped off at school because he was so embarrassed that he right. wanted to look like he was the so, I would hug the, the chauffeur did you really chauffeur goodbye dad lie down dad you lived fucking dirt poor from like 16 to well when I when I failed 26. out when I failed out of the University of Miami I had nothing to report to my parents that would have made them 
proud. I wasn't doing anything that they would have agreed with. And, and I had too much pride. I was raised with too much pride to ask them to bankroll me being a piece of shit, doing nothing that they wanted me to do. So I, uh, I, I had enough pride to struggle on my own. And, and All right. So what you're telling, the story, you've got a couple of stories there. That's your story. Yep. Uh, of the struggle with being uh, having a silver spoon and rejecting it and putting a, <laughs> a gun in your mouth that says <laughs> as against a silver spoon. Your rejection of that life and uh, and seeking fame and fortune in this bizarre yeah. stunt stunt life that you have, <laughs> or it's a story about your father and his evolution to saying I'll, I'll support you uh, in, yeah. in, in, in the life you've chosen because of my love for you uh, I suppose both could be intertwined but it lacks a black drama to it it's very white and in every meaning of the word uh, so you gotta look for a through line that, right. that, that'll hook me to watch it as against a oh, pretty boy does a pretty thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it ends with stapling. Well, I'm glad that I'm glad that you're that you're pushing back and and uh, and and challenging me to to, to make to, to, this to compelling find, to, to find the com yeah. the compelling elements of it. Exactly. And uh, and I I do love uh, the. Um, they, I, I love when, when when you point to the tobacco industry and its lies and its its greed. Um, I think that uh, that capitalism greed is uh, so destructive. And yes, the tobacco industry is an extreme example of that. But that this bleeds into every the whole fabric. Yeah, of our but you know that that's capitalism gone wrong. Capitalism, of course, is uh, is the engine behind all this invention uh right. so i, I mean it's hollywood it's it's it's, it's hollywood it's, business. The web, it's everything it's the web telescope yeah you right. know I mean, uh, ambition for knowledge uh is one aspect of the goodness of man of the greatness right. of man right the more you can make the more good you can do i feel you said something interesting just a moment ago that uh, you're setting aside money for your kids because times are going to be tough, and and what we're seeing with the the evolution of of, of the world, the 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 wealth gap, the disparity between the rich and the poor, the middle class is disappearing, like uh, hardworking, honest people are being just priced out of of being able to purchase even a modest single family home, and. It, it's just that this wealth disparity has gotten so severe that it's it's really become what we would describe as a mega threat, along with the climate change, along absolutely, you know, and um, and I have a, a friend who I, I grew up with. I've known him since we were both nine years old. His name's Abdullah. A devout Muslim, and and uh, I, I was uh, embarrassed of how big my house was in school, and so I spent all my time at Abdullah's house. Oh my God! And I'd be praying to in the direction of Mecca with Abdullah, and, and no uh, yeah, it was it was just what happened at his house, and he was my best friend. Um, Abdullah went on to graduate from um, Brown University with a 4.0. 
and then went on to ISIS. Cornell. Yeah, a sad ending to this. Then he went on to Cornell Medical School, and then he became a pediatric surgeon at the Mayo Clinic. No kidding. And actually invented procedures for operating on unborn babies in the womb Fantastic. like uh with some kind of coiling somebody's he's just oh he's Lord. unbelievable and then there's me and what i did <laughs> and, and we've we our paths could not have strained more right. differently from each other but we've always stayed in touch and uh and and he's just someone i, I dearly love and we were playing pool um in a in a restaurant well over a decade ago and i explained to abdullah i don't want to have kids i don't he says why he's got he's got like four or five kids i say i don't want to have kids he says, this is why he says, you know, that makes me sad and i said well abdullah for our parents getting a university diploma meant placement in a career of your choosing for us you know it, it was helpful but but no guarantees and for our kids, it really just means nothing but being saddled with debt. And I'm looking at the world and the dwindling opportunity, and I just don't have the conscience to bring somebody into this world to struggle and to be to have everything. I just, I just don't, don't want to do that. And Abdullah said something to me that I've, I've shared before, but it's so powerful and I love it so much. He said, Steve, in Africa, with all of the poverty, the, the famine, the, the disease. Do you think people are any less happy? And my gut initial reaction is to think, well, yeah, they're, but Abdullah, he just looked me in the eyes and, and, and I, I got what, what he meant was that you can strip somebody's um, resources from, you can, you can take away their, 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 even their health, or take away all their money. You can take it, but you cannot take away somebody's capacity to love another, and that is that capacity to love is the source of happiness. Okay, so as you're talking, a picture that I often see in front of me formed, and that is this: a mother with a with a a cloth over her head, bare arms. Child, brown eyes are looking vacantly at the mother. Flies are crawling all over the child. And the mother's going like this with the flies. She's starving, child's starving. And I think of that picture as a, a great part of humanity is doing that while we sit in a truck in our luxury uh, on, on, uh, on uh, Ventura Boulevard. I can't believe that that mother is happy. That child's going to die. The mother's going to die. Water resources are drying up all over the Middle East. You can't tell me that they're happy. If it was a question of, I've got the hut, I've got my children, I've got enough porridge to satisfy everybody, and we're having a nice life. That's one thing. But it's gone beyond that. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. So, I, 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 every time I, I think about riches and, and comfort, and, and I think of this uh, unknown lady 
of whom we've all seen so many uh, documentaries on, footage on what's happening in, a, in the bare bones of Ethiopia or whatever. Uh, it's not a good life. Oof. I, I, you know, um, I, I see Abdullah's point on, on a, a spiritual level, and, and man, I, I, I kind of lean towards, to, towards your perspective. I went ahead and had the vasectomy, Bill. <laughs> By stapling your balls to your finger. No, I, I had a, a problem. That, that would be a thing. <laughs> ball stapling vasectomy. Right. While, while stapling, I had a, Oh, yeah. I put the staple in the wrong place. Um, man, I, I, I'm so honored that to have this conversation. We've, we've, we've uh, just... We've gone over a... Yeah. Yeah. We, we've we've belligerently neglected to promote your your current project. Uh, Stars, on on Stars on Mars. Stars on Mars. Oh, Stars and on Mars. Stars on Mars. It's, it's fun. It, it is. It's fun. I got the screener and and I've gotten. I enjoyed it. I've gotten. Good. I've gotten screeners. I haven't seen it. I don't know what the numbers are. I don't know what the reaction <laughs> is. I'm totally uh, the, the the Fox hasn't notified me at all. I don't know whether it's popular or whether it's unpopular. But everybody I talked to seems to have enjoyed it, and I. Have had a, a kick, a real kick doing it, both here and then we went into the outback of Australia. Right. Is that where that was? Oh was. my God, it was awful. It was so, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's one thing to be walking around in dry, arid, yeah. but it's another thing to be attacked by the flies. The flies mm. are, they're so, they're so vicious, crazed for, for moisture. That they attack your eyes, and you go to say hell, and they'll go drag your your mouth and your ears, and and, and you can't. And that's shooting in the outback. In yeah. Australia. Um. It, it it doesn't seem from from uh, the episodes I saw that you actually interact with the cast. Well, I was there. I, uh, a, a part of what I did was shot here, uh, using some of the footage that they were shooting there. Then I went there and interacted. Okay. So the latter parts of uh, the, sh uh, I don't know how many, with 10 or 12 hours that we shot, uh, the latter hours I'm, I'm involved with them in uh, Cooper Pedy, yeah. uh, 500 miles into the outback. I'll, I'll tell you what's fascinating about it is the star power on that show. I mean, Isn't that something? Rhonda mm -hmm. Rousey. Is, oh. is on there. She is a superstar and a, and a lovely person too. Uh, uh, and uh, Natasha Leggero. Uh, Natasha Leggero. Yeah. Uh, Marshawn Lynch. Uh -huh. is, yeah, she did Robert, and uh, is it William Sherman. William the, Sherman. The, yeah, the, and then some uh, great athletes. Love it. Yeah. yeah. And people who are so popular. And I don't know. Do you, do you know all these popular people? I do. I'm 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 aware. The, the the person I didn't know was the Vanderpump Rules cast member. But that show is so sizzling hot right now. That's, I think that's uh, Mario's buddy. Uh, nah, Tom Sandoval was Mario's okay, buddy. This okay. this this guy's a different guy. Anyway, but, a but lot it, of firepower there. It, it is, and uh, the the show's fascinating. It's um, it's uh, a, a simulation of what. Mar, what life on Mars would, and would require. And the set that they built, that they took out to the desert there, yeah. is a really good simulation of what uh, astronauts would need 
right. uh, to live in uh, on Mars. Right, and they, they, they're, they're by the books. They, they're dotting the I's and crossing the T's of what would be required to exactly. be on Mars. Now, <clears throat> of course, they're not on Mars, but it's so, uh, so faithful to the science of a colony on Mars that it's just fascinating. And <clears throat> what's even more fascinating to me is that with the, the fragmentation of the media, how many eyeballs are, are diverted to social media, to the internet, to, to, to YouTube, to all this, the, the, the streamers taking away all the, the necessity for, for uh, traditional television networks, how there, there's a, a viable business in this being a television show with that much star power, with that much just evident, like, cost to this show how are there that, are there that many eyeballs watching television to justify this this well i i uh, we'll find out <laughs> i mean i'll tell <laughs> you it's uh, it, it it seems that television is uh is is getting really up there with the the movie industry as far as just being an exercise in incredibly high stakes gambling right, right. it's uh can, can i ask you what your favorite sci-fi movie is did you have like a favorite space movie? Did you like Interstellar? Well, you know, they got the technology has gotten better and better. Yeah, as can be evidenced by the Star Treks that that have evolved into now. Yeah, you know, that's spending ten million dollars on an hour, and we spend one hundred eighty-five thousand dollars on an hour for me. Um, so the, the technology has gotten better. Uh, Star Wars has got great technology. J.J. Abrams understood the trick uh, to make it a ride so the movies he made for Star War, uh, Star Trek uh, were successful because of the ride. But a great science fiction movie needs to have a great science fiction thesis, uh, idea, concept. Um, so I, I don't know where to go with that. Uh, uh, what's his name? Did... Uh, um, like water, um, uh, the uh, that movie like water. Yeah, uh, is that won an Oscar? Yeah. No, that like water. No, the the science fiction film. I'm trying to remember. Um, it was a uh, people. They, they lived in the trees and they run. They jumped. Avatar. Oh, Avatar. Avatar. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The Avatar movies. You like those? Well, the technology is per perfection. I, mm. I, I'm curious about something, and we'll, we'll let you go here um, shortly, but um, the is it true that the, the, the Star Trek series in which you start as Captain Kirk only lasted for three seasons? Right. So We did 79, 79 uh, episodes. Okay, 79, 79 episodes hours, is quite yeah. a bit. But um, the... Uh, them canceling it after three seasons does that did they go on to think wow we really screwed up did it become incredibly popular after it was six years afterwards they started something called syndication yeah and that begat the popularity of star trek people began to see it whereas it had been hidden at uh, late in the friday evening and you know they just never saw it but something that caught the audience's eye, that caught my eye, 
They had made a pilot that didn't sell, got in touch with me, but I played the captain. I came to see the pilot. I thought, wow, that's, <coughs> that's really interesting. I, I'd like to be a part of this. So something of the Star Trek milieu attracts people. And now you got all these different Star yeah. Trek hours that just yeah. multiply. Yeah, I read that they wanted it so badly that they're watching bloopers. They're sending, airing bloopers from Star Trek, yeah. right? Yeah, they made, so we, the, the editors took, uh, you know, I'd kid around on the set or somebody, and they would uh, make a Christmas film for us. So at a Christmas party, they'd play bloopers for 20 <laughs> minutes. So we had two Christmas parties in three years, and then all of a sudden they were selling it. Which <laughs> angered some of the actors who didn't get you paid. You didn't get paid for bloopers, I was no. assuming, right? That's funny. Um, and and uh, I who heard you want to go, sweetheart. <laughs> She's stuck. She's like your leg. Yeah, pull her. Give, help her. Wendy. Yeah. Wendy from Peru. There you I, go. I I heard you say that your career has spanned eighty years. More. More so, so that uh, presumably means that you are uh, a child star. I was acting when I was six. Wow, and that was in radio. Uh, right? That was on stage, actually. Might as well eat it. Yeah, got, oh, it's water. Yeah, I got her some yeah. water. Um, so six years old to nine. I was on stage. So that's and a, then continued on. It's, my whole it's life. incredible. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Isn't it, it though? It's absolutely unbelievable. And yet I feel like I'm looking at this microphone and it's like an old friend. I know, I know this mic. Except the mics we used were, uh, I don't know, the triangular, so that you could fade in and fade out. Mm. Do you remember those at all? You know I mean, I no, no. <laughs> then there was a microphone that uh, Ben Folds used that Hitler used. Oof. It had energy inside it, electrical power tubes inside the microphone uh, for clarity and all. Um, it's it's just incredible, 86 years and going, and the stars on Mars is, is fantastic. You Can Call Me Bill is forthcoming. Hey, uh, there's a wonderful series that's a big hit called uh, The Unexplained uh, okay. on... Uh, on um, uh, 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 God, uh, on uh, Netflix and um, and history. Okay. Uh, it started on history. It's on Netflix. It's a big hit. Uh, then, of course, there's uh, a watch. Uh, uh, the watch company Egard came to me and said, "We made a watch some years ago. Would you like to try another one?" And I thought, "Yes, I've got a vision." And I described what I wanted for the, the face. They made a beautiful watch. So this watch is coming out uh, called Passages, and it'll be out soon. And it's, uh, it's, it's got the Webb telescope as a second hand, mm -hmm. the Earth and the sun, hours and minutes. And on the, on the face is the Milky Way, and the bracelet looks like moon rock. Wow, okay. So it should be something. What else have I got? The, the album's forthcoming, the, the live, live at coming. Kennedy Center. There's two albums, one live and the other one, Bill, which is on Spotify and Spotify. The, uh, the books. They're, and the books. The books have been oh, out. Oh, uh, uh, there's a book out there called Boldly Go. 
which has gotten uh, nice reviews. Yeah. It's uh, it's a prolific career to say the least. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm working on something that could be so phenomenal. I'm working on a children's album with my team, Rob Cherno, Dan Miller. Uh, the interconnection of nature. Okay. Uh, just briefly, for example, elephants in Africa on the on the plains of Africa. No, no trees, nothing. What's on the plains are termite mounds. The elephants have an itchy butt. They scratch themselves on the termite mounds. The mounds break, fall to the ground. There's a little uh, definition there from the elephants walking around. It rains. That little definition gathers water. Uh, the water seeps in, makes it bigger. The animals come to drink water. And finally, there's a watering hole. They make watering holes, these elephants, by accident, but it's all part of the interconnection of nature. Yeah. We'll have 12, 14 songs of the interconnection of nature for children, along with a children's book illustrated with the lyrics. And, and That's cool. It's, it's unbelievable. Like, like, like we've just written a song. You, you've seen the news, the beluga whale. It's a spy whale. Well, I had a harness. It looks like the, the Russians were using it as a spy. Mm -hmm. So we've written a song about a beluga <laughs> whale. It's a spy, like a James Bond spy. And he, but his bulk is a thousand pounds. He finds it hard to hide this beluga whale. So it's great fun. It's fun. That's great. <laughs> it, it's it's incredible. It, it's it's been an absolute honor. Thank, Thank you, you for sure coming asked. in our creepy van. No, it's well, <laughs> it's homey. Now you got to serve. Uh, Grilled steaks or something or that. <laughs> yeah. Um, None it, of this. It, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just great to be able to bring the studio to the guest. Oh, it's perfect. It's a great idea. Yeah. Great and it uh, looks like like Wendy's all... She's, Wendy's, had, Wendy's had over it. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so thank you. Yeah. Wonderful talking Wait, to you. Thank you. Bill. Yeah. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you. You do one thing for me, though. Sure. All right. I want you to run into this microphone. <laughs> <laughs> you break your nose. <laughs> hey, let, let, let me grab a photo real quick. Well, there you have it, folks. William Shatner is beyond legendary. I mean, I love that guy. And I love you for sticking around to the end of the Wild Ride podcast, man. Um, what, what episode was this? 167? Dude, it's crazy. It's crazy. We got William Shatner. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Actually, don't get the fuck out of here. Stick around to the end every time. And come see me in the UK. Plus the last leg of the bucket list tour in the US, September. <sighs> come on. Thanks, everybody.